0: Hi there and welcome back to the ESPN Footy Podcast.
1: G'day everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We're back already. (laughs) Um, Not long after we said we weren't sure when we were going to be back uh, into the uh, recording studio. But a promise is a promise. Uh, We are back Uh, and it's only taken about a week and a half. But um, yeah, we're we're back in to talk all things draft really, sort of following the combine on the weekend. Might also touch on some other player movement stuff, uh, some other bits and pieces. I'm Matt Walsh. I've got Jake Michaels as always. And Jasper Chalepa has uh, jumped into the studio after a busy weekend, mate. It's, yeah. um, It's what do we call it? AFL Christmas, Easter? Well, it's the season of the hope Presents,
0: you're, you're unwrapping presents soon if you're a footy club. So the season of hope's a good one. Yeah, I think, well, clearly, I mean, one team, one supporter base is celebrating and we'll celebrate until round one next year, then, probably longer. But <laughs> um, the other 17, it's like, how do we get better? How yeah. can we be that team next year? And the attention it's crazy how quick the attention shifts to to uh, draft and trade period and free agency and all, well, all that sort of stuff. As you say for these bottom ten teams they've been
1: they've had the attention shifted for some time but you're right when the grand final finishes it seems so immediate but a lot of these clubs have had well clubs mm. have had, had their eye on youngsters for months and months and months possibly even years um, but uh, the footy public the attention turns uh, pretty quickly as well. so we've got a fair bit to get into firstly, mm. good to have you guys uh, in the studio for this. We do this before most pods, but it's going to be a little bit different today because I guess there's been no technically no footy, well, no men's footy at the very least. Uh, something you noticed from combine weekend, Jake?
0: Yeah, so uh, Jasper and I were at the, Com- the AFL combine uh, over the weekend, and it's um, yeah, it's a, it's quite a, an experience. What you, you take out of it and what you get to see. Um, I guess to the point of everything moving on so quickly. We we're at the MCG on Friday, uh, Friday morning. And just had a look out onto the ground and already the cricket wickets are in <laughs> on the on the ground. And you can just see the faded Collingwood and Brisbane <laughs> logos in the grass. It's like, it, it's it's a distant memory. It's hard to believe that it was only six, at that point, only six days earlier, you know, the grand final being played there. It does. Yeah. It moves on Marsh, very quickly. March Cup's on at the moment. Um, shield it. back soon.
1: Aussies already lost a World Cup game in India. Have been watching much
0: of that? Uh, I was watching a bit of the lead in. They were going pretty poorly then. So mm. I don't think it was a surprise that they got smoked. No, I just forgot there was a World Cup on. How many um, World Cups every this year? There feels like year. about ten World
1: Cups this year. Jasper, something uh, from the weekend that took your fancy? Um, oh, a couple, a couple of things
2: that I liked. I was talking to Jake um, on Sunday, and we were talking about how there's probably a lack of skills and ball mm. kind of ball skills mm. in general in in the draft combine. I know you get to see that throughout the year, but. They test a lot of athletic profile and, and not much about what you can actually do on a footy field, which is which is interesting. Yeah,
0: this is. I want to talk about this a little bit later. I think we'll, we'll probably get to this, dive Go into it a little bit more. But that was one of my biggest takeaways as uh, first time at an AFL uh, com, draft combine. Mm. You know what they're testing for. You know they do the same tests mm-hmm. each year. Yep. Um, and I understand that these cl- that, you know clubs have. Uh, all the tape and all the vision, and they got people scouting these guys throughout the year, as you say, sometimes going back multiple years. But it's the lack of can you kick a ball? Can you handball a ball? Can you do this? What is your you can't measure that sort of stuff with these tests that they do at the combine. And I think that I guess that's surprising.
2: Yeah, I think goal kicking in particular is something where. Um, you don't see a lot of... If, if you're not getting shots at goal during, mm. during a, a game, then you never see what their performance routine is. You never see how it's they keep good, going, It's keep hard to
0: replicate the pressure, pressure of the game and the, you know, the crowd and all of that, which, you yeah. know, it's like... You go and watch an NBA player in their warm-up. They will not miss a shot. But it's different when you don't have someone standing there in your face and you don't have the crowd against you and all that. So it's the same with Would you you like to see
1: guys that are key backs throughout the year for their, um, you know, for their talent league side or their their state side? Would you like to see the guys who are key backs having shots at goal? Because... I assume that, you know, if you can sort of see something in a big body and go, oh, he's pretty good down back, but, jeez, he's nailing his set shots, wouldn't that be something you could add,
0: I guess, to well, the Well, isn't repertoire? it the most important thing that we say every year? Completely. Yeah, mm. I would
1: love to see Conor Sullivan
2: and Dan Curtin mm. and these these you know centre-half backs who are projected to be you know, defenders go forward and kick a couple goals and... Um, make make recruiters think about
1: what they're really drafting. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I might touch on this a little bit later as well mm. in a bit more detail. What did uh, you notice? Notice anything? Uh, no, well, actually, I, I did bring something to this segment, but it's not something from the draft combine, but I was watching a bit of the W on the weekend, and I'm really glad that the Suns social team posted this, but I don't know if there's one team that has the wood over another more in after the siren wins <laughs> than Gold Coast over Richmond. That was, Over no, short the short history of
0: the clubs. Noel Anderson last year. Yeah, there was um, Carmichael. Carmichael Hunt. In, was that the, se- the first, first or the gym? second season no. up in Cairns?
1: Um, yeah, so so he has the winner, and then it was Noah Anderson, as you say, and then uh, Tara Bahana. So kicked a behind-after-siren the siren to defeat the Tigers. It was going to be Dig a draw otherwise,
0: <laughs> and they got done again. That's unreal. We need Christian. We need Christian to look this up. Yeah, we do, Across actually. both competitions. How... He hasn't been returning my emails, so, Christian, if you listen, <laughs> oh, he's, uh, <laughs> hes He's speaking of moving on. He's in uh, full lacrosse mode Lacrosse mode. mode exactly he has right. been returning my emails. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh. Probably the more important ones.
1: Than, yeah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, we've got uh, plenty to get into. Um, Like we said, we're going to discuss a bit of the combine, look ahead to the draft a little bit. Might get you in for another episode just
0: before the draft as well as like a final prepared sort of preview. Like, I think I know, so. The, preview. Like we, we were talking over the weekend um, just about this and, and how much these... You know whether it's the combine or you know final games whatever it might be, how much these these draft orders and these the, I guess the um, the phantom drafts, how much they actually change based on what we see these little tweaks here and there. So it is changing a lot. Like, Mm. this is still very much a fluid Mm. list. And we've
1: actually got a power rankings. If you're listening to this uh, when this comes out on Tuesday, uh, on Wednesday morning, the latest power rankings are coming out as a sort of a special post-combine power rankings, uh, which will be interesting to see how they differ to the the October ones, which uh, are kind of just about a week old. So there will be some differences, and it's just sort of interesting to sort of see how, as you say, Jake, these these combine results play into that kind of stuff. But I guess first, for those that might not know, can you kind of explain what the combine is, what happens, and and what they test, and, and you sort of, mentioned before a lot of the skills aren't tested but what mm. is the sort of stuff that they go through
2: yeah the athletic tests the the two kilometer happens on a Friday afternoon um then you've got the 20 meter sprint the vertical um jump and the standing jump uh as well as an agility test that all happens at Margaret Court Arena on the Sunday so those are the athletic tests I think that's kind of a side dish to what the clubs are really there for and that's to eyeball the prospects actually get them in a room, yeah. have proper genuine chats with them and, yeah. and understand the type of player
1: they're going to bring into their club. I think you can learn a lot from those interactions, those one-on-one interactions. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time in, in in other senses, like if we're you know interviewing someone for a job or whatever it might be, you get a, a much better sense of who they are instead of looking at their resume, for instance, which is what these guys or these clubs would do looking at the vision. Mm-hmm. You get a much better sense of actually just chatting to them one-on-one, like cultural fit, all that kind
0: of stuff. And so I see what you mean about that. Um, well, that's exactly it. And I, I, Imagine not that I'm a club recruiter by any means, but I imagine if you gave the clubs a choice between you get to you get the data of what a player will do with these five tests that's the other thing, there's only five, there's not 50 tests that they're doing, mm. or you get them in the room for five, ten minutes to actually oh, yeah, talk to them. Yeah. They'll take this, they take the one on one interaction. Yeah, I think the other stuff is a bonus, or it might confirm what you already know, mm. or it might raise a query, but I don't think it's going to change. That much, and you might disagree, but I, I don't imagine it's going to be like, wow, this guy absolutely stunk at this, and that's going to—he's fallen off our radar now. I don't think that would happen too often.
2: That's exactly right. I think we saw Zane Dersmer probably didn't perform to people's expectations in a, tu- a couple of the tests, but on on field, he's as as quick and evasive as, as anyone in the draft pool, and that won't deter any clubs
1: from from picking up in the top three. It's interesting. So mm. is is the Combine as an event, um, you know, outside of these sort of interview processes, is the Combine relied upon in uh, as much these days as it has been in previous years? Given we do see a lot of these kids, you know, on in televised matches and you can sort of go back and watch their entire season if you want to. I know, you know, there might have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. You're lucky to see any of these games televised at all. But now that we are seeing a lot, are these kind of Combine tests, as you say, with the Dersmer example, as relied upon? No, I don't, I don't think so. A few
2: of the the guys who maybe a possible rookie selection or late draft selection, I think they can do their chances, you know, no harm at all by by performing really strongly. But if you're a top 20, top 30 prospect, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you've got the runs on the board already and and clubs know what you're bringing to the table.
1: So I guess we should go through a few of these results just to sort of let the listeners know uh, who we're dealing with and who we're talking about yeah. a lot of these times. And just, just quickly, what's your two K best? Jeez, <laughs> if I can make it to two Ks, <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm a short burst kind of guy, Jake. Oh, right. what's what your I'm... twenty meter? My <laughs> twenty meter—that's a great question. Should we go out and do this? All this right, could well be here's, the next... here's one.
0: If you were so, there were sixty-one guys that competed in the uh, in the national. Could combine. I come? So this yet? is the other thing. So there's the national combine, then there's the state combines, mm-hmm. which are done. In each state on the same day, and then there's the AFLW combine yes. as well. So on the Sunday, they actually got about what was it, about 200 players testing over the yeah. court, over the um, the three different combines there. Um, but back to yes, could you not come last? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> the ego in me says, yeah, I could I could come 60th or or, or you
1: know 199th 100%. or whatever. It, you reckon
0: 100 percent Yeah, you're very confident in this no kind way. of stuff though. But you,
1: you you're really hot on your 100 meter sprint time as well. This is this yeah. is a C- terrible listing for us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sixty meter sprint. Sixty you- is my prime so, list. So, do you, what do you reckon your twenty meter split could be? Um, I don't know, but I, but I guarantee it wouldn't be last. Right. No way.
1: So Jake's running a marathon on on this weekend. So I think this is why he's so interested in these numbers <laughs> and but, kind of stuff. Yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> This is
0: dreadful listening. <laughs>
1: this is terrible. He's, he challenges every new employee uh, to a race at one point as well. Oh. Poor old Alex, our video guy, he um, actually pinged his hamstring racing, no. Jake, after a, yep. a few too many jars, would you believe? Yeah, he did. So anyway, we'll move on. Uh, but yes, the 20-metre sprint, so that's one of them. What are the kind of the standout names and numbers? Because I know there are a couple of really big guys that put in some really good times.
2: I, I love this because you're talking about thinking that you can win a 20-metre sprint. There, there's a 205-centimetre <laughs> big Ruckman from mm. South Australia, Taylor Goad, who ran a sub-three-second. It's hard to compare um, times when you don't really know what that means, but to put it in perspective, Aidan O'Driscoll took that out, the um, brother of Nathan and mm. Emma from Fremantle. He took that out in a time of 2.87 seconds. So to be a sub-three-second, 2.97-second
0: guy as a 205-centimetre ruckman is incredible. Yeah, and you, you, know, you get all the numbers, but your eyes... The, your eyes confirm it. You don't need yeah, the, the digits to come up and you see him. Um, yeah, I, I actually went down and, and kind of sat for a little bit behind where they were taking off, and it's those first two or three steps, which is very, you know, it's not like what we see in, in Ruckman in the game mm. um, at all. So probably the mo- one of the most impressive um, parts of the whole combine, I reckon. So Yeah, yeah sorry, go on. Uh,
2: and then for Ethan Reed, we alluded to him before, but... 202 centimetre Gold Coast Ruckman running a sub two kilometre, um, sub six minute two kilometre is insane. He's just the unicorn of this draft, a bit of a Luke Jackson. And it's he's going to be going to the Suns. Yes, top ten pick. I reckon they'll be locked in after those combine results. He'll be he'll be bit on in the top ten.
1: So th- these kind of guys that you sort of see, these big guys coming in, and we talked about um, on podcasts in previous years, the sort of the athletic ability versus the footy IQ and, and what you're Probably more likely or wanting to draft more. Yeah, if you starting to, I think you're starting to get a lot more
0: guys that can do both. If you've got, say, you got footy, yeah, footy IQ on one side and uh, raw athleticism on the other side, and you got ten, I guess ten credits. How much are you going to? How much are you getting of You're going to go eight, eight on the footy IQ and two, or are you on five and five? Where? How much? Where's the balance? It's a good question because I think for a while it really did lean heavily to athleticism and the footy IQ got neglected oh, we'll, we'll and, teach him more yeah, we'll and this, we but- and we've seen it with a lot of players you know someone like someone was just talking about Brody Meyercheck, a player who just did not did not perform at the when he was at the combine you know we we were sitting there and Sam Mitchell Hawthorne coach was you know not far from where we were and I thought Gee, he's someone that would have just <laughs> he wouldn't have excelled at a combine would you have beaten his 20 meters? sprint time oh on? i reckon i might have <laughs> maybe not his uh his left and right foot kicking, but no, he he is not someone that would have excelled in that environment mm-hmm. as an 18-year-old. But you've been watching these guys. Are these the kind
1: of guys now where you look at these big athletic, especially ruckman types, but they do have the footy IQ as well?
2: Yeah, well, Ethan Reed, in of itself, he doesn't need to have the athletic profile to be a, a draftable player. He, he uses the ball beautifully, kicks off both feet. He has soft hands in the ruck and he can mark the ball. So to be that that height and also play across all three areas of the ground um, is or, is already like really impressive. I think just adding that athletic profile makes him, you know, possibly a, a really damaging player like like a Mike Blitzars has been for Geelong over the last decade.
0: Just quickly, the two K, um, it's an interesting distance. It's a, it's for people that run, whether you run short distance or long distance. Um, it's one of the more difficult runs to do because it's it's almost a flat out the whole time, but it's long enough where you're gassed by the end of it. Mm. Why the 2K? What makes the 2K something that clubs want to see? Why not 1K? Why not 3 Why not 400 metres? What makes the 2K? Because it doesn't necessarily translate to, oh, if you're good at running a 2K, you're going to be a great footy player. Why the 2K? Do we, I, do we know that?
2: I think it's mostly because it, it translates to what they do at Clubland, a lot of what their their initial tests on day one of, of pre-season has gone down from a five-kilometre or a three-kilometre to a 2K or repeated 1K sprints, yeah. sprints. but uh, I think it, it just aligns more with what clubs do in their pre It's mm. a bit
1: different as well compared to, you know, you go back 25, 30 years when interchanges weren't really used uh, and then there was the thinking of getting more players on and these sports scientists, they have a club, they, they have these – Timers on these players because they're wearing these tracking things, and they say you got to come off after this. So probably 2k, you know, per per midfielders, you know, I guess time of exertion. That's probably about it. Yeah, you know, up and back a few times, up and back a few times, at a few contests, and then you're off for a bit of a rest. Mm. So maybe that's kind of part of the thinking as well. Um, the agility test is a really interesting one as well. So can you kind of, I guess you two was, were there and saw. Can you run us through what that entails? And and someone so, like as someone who's um, you know just a, a layman, what Sort of, I don't know, agility. What sort of, well, it's quickness just, of feet? Is it? Is it? Is it just a, a comp, like
0: a running around bollards? It's it's exactly that, really. Um, it's about I think what were the fastest ones around seven eight point one five seven uh-huh. seconds. So Lance okay. Collard. yeah. So it's it's exactly that. It's I think there were five uh, posts or bollards, and yeah, the players basically have to weave around them in a certain formation, yep. and then cross the cross the finish line. Um, and I think it's exactly that. It's just it's measuring. To be honest, I almost think there's something in there's more to be taken out of that than a quick sprint. I, I find that is I don't know, looking at someone like someone like Bobby Hill in the grand final, his evasiveness, his ability to just hit that quick step, it's so difficult to defend that. Um and I guess that's what this sort of test shows. It's just how quick you can get around a player, and it's that quick one step. Because it's basically it's a it's two or three steps between each. Each um, bollard, mm. yeah. So it's it's just another test that they're looking at.
2: I really like the agility test because I think it's one that your your eye test on the field it really translates to mm. to what they do. And the way that some of those boys moved around the bollards and and didn't change their pace at all while changing direction, uh, I thought that was really impressive. And it does translate with with guys like Shea Bolton, I think, for an yeah. example. You know that he'd be pretty
0: pretty good at an agility oh, yeah. test. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's interesting to watch them. So the sprint, it's always the same. You're sprinting twenty meters. Everyone's doing it the same way, just different pace. The agility tests, they all kind of take different like um, different routes and different sort of tactics to way they for the way they actually try and get around the the posts. Yeah. Um so it's very interesting to see different techniques and that sort of stuff. Right.
1: So we've got the agility test, we've got the 20-minute sprint, the 2K time trial, uh, the standing vertical jump, the running vertical jump. If you want to see the top 10 in each of these results, by the way, they are on the website, ESPN.com.au forward slash AFL. You can find them all there. I guess, I mean, the takeaway that I'm looking at this, just from looking at the names on the list, is there's a few names that pop up a few times. But what were your main takeaways, I guess, from the overall testing period and, and names that might have, surprised or have just not disappointed, but surprised, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a way that you didn't expect or is it disappointed? Or disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, let's put it out there. Um, Anything that really took your fancy? Uh, There's a crop of WA boys
2: that I thought really elevated their standing in this pool. And we'll start with Lance Collard, who um, you alluded to before. He took out the agility test. He's a small forward with goal now. He kicked um, bags of five goals in two waffle Colts finals so he has, you know, he, he's also a very, Big very good well. player. Yep. Um, he was fourth in the 20 meter sprint with a 2.92, and he had a fantastic 2K time trial as well for a small forward of 632. I thought he, he looked really good running that. He looked that. great. He, he looked really he good. He didn't blow up at all. He, he looked really strong and has a really good stride. Um, he's, he's this fast twitch, pretty silky kind of
0: mover, and he does give me some Shea Bolton vibes with, with that. Mm, mm. Very much so. I must admit, didn't, don't know a huge amount about a lot of these guys um, until we get to about this point of the year with yeah. our focus i guess just being on the on the footy um but yeah he was he was massively impressive in his uh in his testing and as you say just exactly that it's it's Shay Bolton it's the way he moves it's just that same you just look at his legs. It's the way he moves and the speed and the quickness and that agility. It's exactly the same.
1: Uh, another name there that, that is familiar, and you mentioned him before, is Aiden O'Driscoll. Is he a WA boy as well?
0: Yeah,
2: he is. So, yeah, brother
1: of um, mm.
2: Frio's Nathan and Emma.
1: But Do you like the sibling rule? Siblings, uh, <laughs> if, if they like the father-son, if, you, if your siblings are playing somewhere, you might be able to get them across the line? Well, uh, there was a bit of talk about that with uh, the Dersmers. The Dersmans, yeah. Yes, they, Could they... end up at, uh, well, the Bombers maybe. Well, they put
2: that firmly on the agenda. We might talk about Zane a little bit. Later on, Aidan O'Driscoll just dominated that twenty meter sprint, and I think the um, AFL Academy coaches who were around and helping out—they knew that he would be one to to watch. They were really egging him on to to produce good times. You get three attempts at it, yeah, so right. yeah, he was he was around the mark each time, and it was really consistent throughout. And he he looks like a real real athlete.
0: Where where's his position? Is he is he going to be a forward?
2: No, he's he's an outside kind of a wingman type. Right. He's he's a bit small. He's probably one seventy seven centimeters. Wow. Okay. Had a really good two k time trial as well. Um, I I wasn't sure if he was going to be draftable before this. Wow. But uh, so
0: that that he, speaks to the to the. This is what I was saying earlier. It's like how much can it possibly. Um, alter your thoughts on a particular player. And maybe it depends
1: on the player, but th- he's certainly one that has has altered your views. No, he's probably on the precipice of the top
2: 50 and we probably expect about 50 or 55 draft picks to be taken. So yeah. I think he's right in that frame.
0: Would it be rare for the player, for the person to, that sets the fastest time in the 20 metre to not be drafted?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it has happened before. We saw, well, I, I showed you, I think the top seven times included... A guy like Jack Watts, but it also included a guy like Joel Wilkinson.
0: I think leads Mm. the twenty meter time sprint. Yeah, there you go. Um, Yeah, so I guess that is just quickly. That is pretty crazy though the Jack Watts thing. Yeah. So this is this is what? How many years? Fifteen years or something like that? Yeah, I think the the latest one was two thousand eight. Yeah, and it was like. He was sixth or seventh on the list, Jack Watts? Jack Watts? Yes. You would have given me a thousand guesses, I wouldn't have picked Jack <laughs> and Watts. And it helps the hype really snowball when you see
2: great combine results combined with the well, exactly yeah. And, and that that might have been the factor for
1: taking Jack Watts over a Nick Nadnoy. Mm. So I guess, you know, talking about him specifically, but more broadly, how has your thinking changed after this? We talked, or we're gonna tease the, the power rankings, the post combine power mm. rankings, but do you anticipate many changes?
2: I think three or four boys. There is a real cluster around that twenty to Forty range. I think three or four boys really elevated their standing, and we'll see them in the top thirty mm. tomorrow. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't buy into it too much. The draft combine. I'm more of a. If you're a great footballer, it doesn't matter. Mm. As as Jake probably thinks as well. Um, but I, I think that a few of these boys really did elevate their standing.
0: Few players not uh, testing. Yeah. Is yeah. there much to take? I mean, there's a obviously few injuries injured, and stuff. But yeah, is there much to take away from that? Or I guess if you're a player that's kind of Guaranteed to be picked. Is there anything to gain? Well, you need a a doctor's note. But uh, (laughs) there are a few players I heard actually talking about doctor's notes behind. It's like, well, how'd you get your note? And that's it's "It's a little bit. How you going? Yeah, it it is
2: taking the piss a little bit. I think. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, But yeah, as as you mentioned, I think probably eight out of the top twelve or so didn't actually test, and that included Harley Reid, Jed Walter, Colby McKeocha which could be your top three on draft night, Uh, Riley Sanders, Dan Curtin, Nick Watson and Jake Watson. And they
0: can't all be injured.
1: Depends what the doctor's note
2: says. You see Nick Watson walking around in a moon boot and Harley Reid did hyperextend his knee probably about six weeks ago now. But, yeah, I think a few of them. It's
0: interesting the players that are right on the cusp of will you or will you not get drafted, they're not the ones injured. They're going for it. <laughs> what are you saying? Is it no, some... I'm just saying, like, it's a bit, what's, what have you got to gain by doing yeah, it? I suppose. And I understand it. Um, the other thing I wanted
1: to ask just quickly, both of you, your opinions on, um, because these guys are drafted so young, there is obviously going to be further physical development. I know we talk about, you know, mental development is something you develop over time as well. But the physical development, of there are a lot of these kids that either have grown into bodies young. You look at someone like Harley Reid, looks like he's got a, an 18-year-old's head on a 25-year-old man's body. Uh, but then there, I'm sure there are others the other way. Who are these? You know, might be lanky bean poles that you look at and you go, "Well, there's something to work with there." But you're going to have to take a bit of a punt. How often do you think these kind of combine tests you get an idea of these guys that might not be as physically ready right now, but could be in the future?
2: Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I think the brother of Essendon's Zach Reed, Archer Reed, fits into that mold perfectly. And you're taking a stab in the dark by picking him up as a you know pick twenty, pick twenty five. Because he is, he is an absolute beanpole. Mm. He's got athletic ability. He ran a really good two k time trial, about six oh five, I think it was in the end. Um, but there's there's not much to go off in terms of the the physical profile. And we've seen with Zach Reed, you you try and pump these boys up and and get them into the gym and and build body mass, and these stress fractures happen yep. in your foot and your back and stuff like that. So. It is a bit of a stab in the dark. All right.
1: So stepping, I guess, back from the combine a bit, just a bit of a layer of the land on the draft as a whole. You kind of said maybe sort of 50 to 55 to maybe 60 selections on the night. But – how, how is this draft now shaping up? Because we, we've asked you this a couple of times, you know, months apart on, on the podcast, but how deep is this draft? Where do we kind of think the first, you know, X amount of players are in terms of their quality and then sort of the drop where off. do you think, yeah, not the, yeah, the drop-off. Where do you think the drop-off is um, is after that? And then sort of how long do you think that, that drop-off goes?
2: I love the top 10. I think the top 10 is as strong as we've, you know, seen in past few years and last year's was very strong. Wow. Um I'm, You include, you know, three academy prospects almost in that. So in the open pool, you want to be in the top seven, I think. Right. And and that's really where clubs are clambering to get up. Um, and then from there, it's it's a little bit of, of what, what you like and, and what you need in terms of a list But there's quality there to a certain degree as well. Well, the, the depth, I think, runs pretty deep. And Aidan O'Driscoll's a type where he split his footy between Wesley and Perth and Looked really good at club level, um, but he's just his smaller wingman, and then his mm. draft combine elevates him to a top fifty range, and I think that's kind of
1: where it it cuts off. So there is
2: a lot of depth in this pool, but it, it's a lot of unknown as
1: well. Interesting. Uh, you mentioned the sort of the compromise aspect of this draft, and we seem to be finding this, you know, year after year. You go back to someone like Jamar Uguhagen, then there's obviously father sons like uh, Will Ashcroft, um, Nick Dacos and, and the type. We are sort of finding there are a few of these really like you know large names or names that you will have seen that just aren't going to be able to be accessed by clubs other than well really Gold Coast especially quite early.
2: <laughs> yeah, well Jed Reed, Ethan Reed, um, Jed Walter, sorry, Ethan Reed. We spoke about um, the 202 centimeter ruckman, and then also Jake Rogers. I think will all be bid on in the top twelve, and they're all aligned to the Suns, so they're all going to end up there because the Suns have been planning for this over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm, They've traded yeah. a lot of picks, and we'll they recently out for the Suns. recently <laughs> traded their. Uh, they're picked yeah, for.
1: well, just uh, oh, oh, yesterday, really. Yeah. Um, so they're preparing, I guess, for, for bids to come and, and they're happy to match on all these guys. Exactly right. And the Dogs
2: traded up because they've got a bid to match with father-son Jordan Croft, who hasn't nominated yet, but we expect that to happen. Saw He's his name a- in those uh, in those top 10s <laughs> a couple
1: of times as yeah. well.
2: He's a key forward. He ran a fantastic 2K time trial. Um, and, yeah, he looks like one of the best key forwards in the pool.
1: So I guess yeah, now we can turn our attention to some of the clubs and and where their attention might be heading. Um, obviously, we know the 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 draft order as it stands can change very very quickly. Uh, but where do you think the, this this top end talent's going to go, and and who's going to um? Why well, I guess where these clubs are going to pick their first uh, selections.
2: Well, starting at the top, Harley Reid reiterated his commitment to play absolutely anywhere, which is a great result for West Coast because it keeps their options open. Mm. They
1: bit of got- a change tune. In recent months? Do well, you
2: think someone's gotten his ear? I think so. In in the first probably three or four months of the year, whenever you heard him speak, or the rumours mm. would probably snowball that um, he wanted to stay in Victoria. He's not a Melbourne kid, he's a he's a Victorian country kid from Tongala, but um you know, that's probably opened his eyes and he's realised that he probably needs to be going anywhere in a national competition and he's resigned to the fact that West Coast can pick him at pick one and he's happy to do that. Yeah, great. And,
0: and I like Obviously, you know the big story early in the year was with Jason Horn Francis and his move um, back to South Australia. How, if you're entering the draft, you, as you say, you've got to be fully prepared to go wherever you get picked. Completely agree. Yeah, like you can't say I want to. You can't be. I want to be an AFL player, but I'm only going to play in these these states.
2: Yeah, I don't think a kid like Aiden O'Driscoll will be complaining
0: where he gets drafted. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, and again, it's kind of where you are. It's all about that kind of. If you're pick fifty, you're just happy to go anywhere. But if you're pick one or two, you're thinking, well, I I want to go here. Well, I don't co- want to play for this. Correct club. me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the next CBA
1: has, um, well, you can, you can call it the Horn Francis rule, but I think that the rookie
0: contracts needs, are going it, to be extended. It has to be long. Yeah, it has to be longer. Yeah. Um, yeah because clubs particularly up the top end clubs are investing an enormous amount. You know, we see we see a 25-year-old gun player and they say, "Well, oh, that'll be a that might get you a late first rounder." It's like, "Gee, we put a lot of we put a lot of strength in these draft picks and if they walk out on you after a year or two, it's not good."
1: Uh, North Melbourne. I mean, you look at these two clubs in particular. Just flip flop their their standings in the last couple of weeks, uh, a couple of times. And now that uh, Ben McKay is going to be on the move, what would you more than likely? Uh, it opens up a, a hole in in key defence. And one of the guys that you mentioned is actually a West Australian who could actually fill that hole. And so there could be this situation where you've got um the the country Victoria guy going to to the West Coast. Um, to but play for the Eagles <laughs> 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 the <golfers>. <laughs> <laughs> to, to play for the Eagles and then you've got the WA guy coming back to North Melbourne um, is it likely that you might see someone like Dan Curtin taken by the Roos yeah I think so and he hit all the
2: right notes um, talking about Clarko yeah, I talking saw that. about moving to Melbourne so all of that stuff I think is is really good and will embolden North Melbourne to pick him they desperately need a key defender and I think Dan Curtin's in that top handful at the very top where um, you're, you're taking best available as well depending on their draft board so I think with Mackay out the door, North will likely take Curtin with pick two or three mm-hmm. if they do get that compensation, which we expect. Yep. Um, and they've also been heavily linked to Colby McKercher, the speedy midfielder from Tasmania. Mm. There's no go-home factor there, at least for the first four or five years
0: and <laughs> of, with some his of the career. And with some of the players that we saw um, this year for the Ruse, is there is there a bit to get excited about in the next sort of two or three years for what the Kangaroos can start to do? Oh, completely. Yeah. Uh,
2: Harry Shea is the one they best and fairest. Uh, you saw George Wardlaw just dominate mm.
1: periods of games. Speaking and of guys that have frames beyond their years. Yeah, I think there's a lot to get excited about. They've got a 70-goal full forward as well. Mm. Uh, the Hawks, uh, are we likely to see any of these teams early, especially make bids on these, especially the Gold Coast Academy kids? Is, is Hawthorne likely to bid on someone like Jed Walter? I think
2: North Melbourne should be bidding on Jed Walter at pick two. Yep. Um, if not, Hawthorne definitely will be. They're losing Kaczynski. They need someone to, to align with Mitch Lewis up forward um, and that, would be Jed Walter, ideally. They're not going to get him. But yep. at, at Hawthorne's pick, which will be pick four, I think there's a really interesting situation here where teams would love to get ahead of them. I think Melbourne and Essendon in particular would love to get ahead of Hawthorne to pick Zane Dersmer, mm. Um, because Hawks have him lined up to be their selection at pick four.
1: Interesting. So brother of, uh, obviously, more highly touted than his brother?
2: Yes, Yeah. much more highly touted in terms of... he's more damaging, he plays up forward, he can play through the midfield a bit, but he really figured out, I think, in the second half of his year that he's such a damaging forward. He averaged, I think he was top three for goals per game in the Coast Talent League, is this 188, 89 centimetre medium forward who just kicks a lot of goals in a variety of ways.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, Dogs, as you sort of mentioned, will probably uh, be fending off bids or taking a father-son and Jordan Croft.
2: Yes, so Jordan Croft will probably be, a bid will come around 10 to 15 for him. Um, he was probably Vic Metro's best keeper. Oh, so you forward. think the Dogs will select someone first? Yeah, 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 yeah right. totally. Um, so Nick Watson, I think, is the one they've traded up to select. He's the best small forward in the draft. He just has a bag of tricks, and he's lightning quick, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Very similar to Cody Waitman in terms mm. of he loves leaping for his marks. He's just an undersized kind of um, full forward if you if you really want. So I I think that's a fantastic pick for the Dogs, and that's why they gave up three first rounders that for that pick. Wow,
0: is that what they need? Uh, I mean
2: in terms of it, when the ball hits the ground in in the Ford 50 at the feet of Jamara and, mm, of and tall Aaron timber Norton yeah. I think it's really important to I have I guess young small tall forwards. Timber as well. Yeah,
1: something to build a lot around. of players to work with. Yeah, for sure. Uh the D's obviously you have that pick from uh, Fremantle last year. Uh mm. you said you mentioned that they might be looking to move up. They've they're, got the capital to do it. They're desperate
2: to accumulate the picks to move up and Fremantle this is their spot from the Luke Jackson mm. trade which is a great result for Melbourne to get, time. to get pick five Um, so they've got their first their future first as well so they've got those three picks if they could bundle their um, first which is around 16 and also their future first for say Gold Coast pick 10 Mm. I think uh, a package of 10 and 5 would be really interesting for a club to consider like North Melbourne with their compensation pick if they wanted to move
1: back and have those two
2: really good picks.
1: There you go. Uh, The Giants then have a a selection, then the Cats and and the Dons. Are are these sort of teams that would have an idea of who they they want to be drafting? You sort of said there was a a strong top ten, and this is kind of those three picks are going to be the next three in that line. There isn't much buzz
2: about it yet, but I expect the Giants to be really into Connor O'Sullivan. The key defender, he's from Aubrey, so Mm. he's a New South Wales Boy, they've been drafting Vic country kids or country kids in general because mm. the go-home factor isn't as strong, yep. they feel. That's why they draft. They traded up to draft Aaron Cadman with pick one last year. So I think Connor O'Sullivan suits them perfectly. They can develop him while they have a really strong team still under Adam Kingsley. Um, and I, I expect that to be more of the trade buzz as we go forward into the draft season. Cats
1: and the Dons moving down.
2: Well, any thoughts? They're a bit of bit of the mercy of those above them. If mm. if the D's don't move, I think Riley Sanders is right in their ballpark, but the Cats would love. To get Riley Sanders, the premier inside midfielder in this draft. I think that works perfectly for them. Um, he's a Tasmanian boy who's been boarding at Melbourne Granary. He plays for the Sandy Dragons. He won an Allies Premiership. He's he's won two Sandy Dragons Premierships now. Um, he's done basically everything you could have asked for him. He's a, he's a Lark medalist, so the best player in the state championships as well. So a
0: qu- question I have off the back of that. Why would someone with that resume already, who you just said is the premier midfielder in the draft, not be going higher up.
2: He's uh, I liken him a bit to Tim Taranto. I don't think his ball skills are as good as others. I would love to see him at a draft combine to, to actually rate that compared to others. Get the skills
0: in. <laughs> but,
2: but I think he just doesn't quite have the tricks of, of other players, the athletic profile, and that's probably why he's a little bit below his um, fellow Taswegian in, in Colby McKercher.
1: There you go. Uh, we might try and wick through, the fir- I guess, the first pick for every club if we can. So uh, who was next? Uh, Essendon.
2: Yeah, I think the Dons are at the mercy of a lot of those yeah. above them. They're interested in Zane Dersmer and trading up like the D's are to get ahead of Hawthorne to to take Dersmer and pair him with his brother who's likely Xavier's likely to to go to the Dons in the trade period. Um I I think that a, a guy like Darcy Wilson will probably be the the right pick there. Um he's an outside wingman, really good second in the 2K time trial just behind um, Tarkin O'Leary from the Sandy Dragons he has a great athletic base but he also you know kicks the ball beautifully and, and kicks goals
1: Crows have uh, picked nine before any bids uh, where do you see that going
2: uh, I think they would love a key defender to come in yeah. right now Conroe Sullivan fits the bill I think Ollie Murphy also fits the bill Sandy
1: Dragons Vic Metro MVP Um those two are really good key defensive prospects. Key back depth, is there a lot in this draft? Because I haven't heard a lot about these names uh, compared to a lot of these sort of like forwards, small forwards also and a mids. Also,
0: de- in the AFL, in the a few defenders, a few key defenders on the move. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a merry-go-round right now. I think a guy that really did his
2: um, chances no harm is Zane Zakostelsky from WA. He might work his way into that top 25, top 20 frame with mm. a really strong combine. I think he was top 10 in... All the uh, Margaret Court testing, so the the speed kind of elements to his game are fantastic at that size, and he can play as that third kind of tall. But there's been a couple of bolters.
1: Otherwise, it's it's a lean draft for key defenders. There you go. Uh, so the Suns we mentioned they're obviously going to be matching a lot of bids. Then it's the Swans and the Saints. Uh, how do you see those two? Where do you, where do you think they're going to be looking? Well, I really thought the Swans would be looking at midfield depth, but they're bringing in Taylor Adams
2: likely, mm. so they're going to get Caden Cleary, their NGA kid. I think he's a top thirty. Player, um, and he's he's just really impressive off the field as well. I think with, with that early pick, uh, they'll they'll take someone before him and yes. then match right. match a bid later just, on. They've yeah. got to hope that a club like Jellyos doesn't do you know what what the Swans did last year with Harry Roston and um actually bid on a player mm. just before their selection. So. It's a bit of mind games in that regard, but I think they'll be taking um, probably a, a key forward with like a Nate Caddy or something like that if, if available yep. um, because that's really where they need their
1: depth. Uh, Saints were next.
2: Yeah, St Kilda would love some speed. Yes. I think uh, Caleb Windsor fits the bill. He was second or third in the 20-metre sprint. Um, on the edge of
1: packs, he just bursts away like no one else and he can run like the wind. Uh, Ds we've mentioned, North we've mentioned, Giants we've mentioned, Blues... Uh sixteen before any bids, that's their first pick.
2: Well, I think a small forward might be where they where they look. They would have loved um Lockie Schultz, I think, to come over mm. from Fremantle. We but would have. Jack Ginnan?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you ask some some people in our office, they're very high on uh both Durden and Motlop. Mm. Um existing blues. Existing, yes. Um but is there potential to go one better with the pick sixteen?
2: Well, Jack Callanan and Jack Dillian have kicked a lot of goals for their respective sides. Callinan's a Tasmanian um, who I think is probably in that top 30 to 40 frame and then Jack Dillian uh, averaged the most goals per game in the sample under-18s as a small forward. I also think Carlton could look to bring in a Ruckman if they don't think Alex Murkov will, will make it. Mm. And Taylor Goad, Mitch Edwards and Will Green are all around the mark there.
1: Goad, of course, one of those names that we saw pop up very highly in those combine results. Uh, who else we got? Gold Coast after that? No, Collingwood. Collingwood pick eighteen, obviously before any bids and any uh, movement. This will be shipped out for Lockie Schultz, I expect. Yes. Um, as it
2: stands, they're they're in a position where they've gone to the draft a lot over the last few years, while still developing a really good premiership list. Uh, I think they can take best available around that mark. I think Colton Tholstrup would fit there around that 36 when their second pick is. Well, uh, that would be their, their first oh, the rounder. First if they hold um, it, yep. but uh, around thirty-six, uh, you'd have to I'd have to
1: have a think about it because mm. there's a little bit to to work through there. Interesting stuff. Any clubs we've missed? I'm just trying to go through that list, but I think, we're, we're, I think we've we've hit the Oh, Frio, yeah, Frio, we mentioned. Yeah, goodness, this is a good well, yeah. podcasting on the run here. <laughs> Fremantle traded into next year's
2: draft. They're going to have a look at Logan McDonald next year, I think. Mm. Um, so by W-A doing boy. that, they've got Port Adelaide's future first. They've got their first, obviously, and then they will have their 2025 first rounder as well. So those three, plus Schultz, whatever they
1: can get in for him, whether yeah, it's exactly this or right. next.
2: If they do trade for that pick nineteen from the Pies, I think Colton Thalstrup would suit them perfectly. He's he's a great culture man. He's mm. he's this future cult. Figure, I think. Okay. Um, and he had a great combine, great agility test. He was second in the agility test and um, a good two K as well.
0: We always, um, we always will do sort of gray, grading after the whole, all the player movement and everything like that. Which club do you anticipate is going to get EA plus?
2: Oh, Essendon always wins this <laughs> this time of year.
0: <laughs> no, in, so once everything's said and done, which, which club club you imagine will be the one that we say, yeah, they have nailed the off season. Uh, North Melbourne, I don't think can go wrong from,
2: you know, from the moment Ben McKay decided he was leaving. I think they're in a fantastic position to to nail two picks in the top three mm. and really set themselves up to actually you know start moving up the ladder because it's been a long drawn out rebuild, but yep. they've actually accumulated really good
0: talent. Could look could look at the roos in yeah, I guess twenty four months and think, gee, they got six I genuine A grades in, in as little time as possible. Your thoughts on free agency
1: compensation at its current? Um, stance? In terms of should
0: should it exist? Yeah, or how generous or not generous it is. For <sighs> Look, it's a tough question because I, do, I don't love it. I don't really want to see it. But at the same time, I feel like you'd need it. To avoid, I guess, max, mass exodus from... Well, exactly, Poor and we've, and we've seen um, it. Yeah. And it's the, the whole idea with with the league is you want it to be as even and, and as fair as possible.
1: And you can argue it in its current form; it kind of is. You look at the bottom four from the, um, this year, and they were all top four teams. You know, going back eight, nine years, it just takes a bit of time for the cycle to yeah come around again.
0: Uh, I think, I think, I think it needs to stay. But how, what we give the the, the compensation and the value for certain players, sometimes I think is considerably <laughs> off the mark. Interesting. Uh, before we
1: move on, just uh, your man, Ari Schoenmaker, had a bit to say about him over the time. How do you sort of see his uh, draft prospects coming up in the next few I'd, yeah, I Yeah, I draft him in the first round. I think we, we saw him on the longest kick. He didn't quite get
2: onto a couple, but he has yeah. an incredible boot on him. He, he averages six more kicks per game than anyone else in the Coast Talent League over the year. Um, he's it's 194 centimetre, uh, third tall, who, who's played on the wing and, and has a really good aerobic base as well. Where's um, he like to wind up? I think he's probably a second rounder at this point in time. He's done really well to turn his season, season around. around. He's actually he's launched from a very low base where he got a 10 game suspension. He played in the Tasmanian State League through the first half of the year. He came back to um you know the the Coast Talent League In his first game he had 237 Supercoach points and was you know, brought into the Allies squad by Mark McVeigh immediately, <laughs> so his his
0: rise has been really good, and his professionalism has improved leaps and bounds. It's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, the ta- you know we're still a while away from Tassie entering the competition, but as we get closer, it's going to be interesting to see how clubs go about whether they want to touch the kids from Tasmania, knowing yeah. that they could potentially. There's a go home factor yeah. all of a sudden. You know, it's fine when it's, it's a great point. So it's even these t-
1: guys you're putting. You might be putting five, six, seven years of development into them, and then they might turn around once they're yep. you know entering their you know quote unquote peak. And we've talked to Christian on the podcast about when players enter their peak. Um, and it's this this draft crop really. Mm. Um, and they might turn around and sort of say, well, I want to go and play play in Hobart. Yeah, yep. I'd, I'd posit the the money being thrown at them to be marquee
2: signings, from Tasmania to to be the face of their new footy club. Yeah. I think
1: would be yeah really turn heads. Big time. Uh, getting into red time of this podcast. Anything else we want to touch on before we uh, wrap things up? <laughs> I know that you just wanted to talk footy. You're just keen to talk footy oh, everywhere. I'd,
0: I'd do this every day if we could. Um,
1: <laughs> what do you make of Stephen May uh, saying that we were the better team? and, and, and the part You loved it? Loved it. Yeah. Can't have it both we're, ways. You can't have these sanitised media performers and then you can't have guys actually saying what they think and then getting
0: lambasted for it. 100%. Couldn't agree more. I think we... I don't want to see... I'd never want to see footy going down the... You're a big NFL NFL fan, but just American sport in general. I think they take that a little little bit too far. (laughs) But we can also get rid of some of the generic garbage as well and just be honest with what we think. And I love the honesty from him. And I don't necessarily think he's wildly off the mark. Well, we were kind of saying...
1: I don't know what your thoughts are, but we were sort of saying in that lead up to that qualifying final, the winner of this game probably probably wins the
0: flag. Probably does. And in the end, they did. And like we say, if... Uh, not to take away from Collingwood, they they well and truly won the flag. Yeah. But You don't lock yourself yes. into a premiership. No, but you, you, if that game does go another way and if they do nail a couple of chances, then maybe it is. And it's it's not so much a sliding door moment, but it is amazing how a game, a kick, a quarter, a decision, all these things create the legacy in mm-hmm. history. Um, and we obviously spoke ad nauseum about the Lockie Neal advantage <laughs> situation and how yes. that goes differently. You know, Melbourne could be in the midst right now of a dynasty. Mm. Instead, they've had you know all week with the Clayton Oliver storyline circulating. What's going on with Melbourne? Um, Yeah, it's it's interesting how all this sort of stuff plays out. But back to your original question, yeah, I I really liked it. I would love to see more players. um, Just be honest. Speaking of, I guess Melbourne a little bit,
1: but there's a bit of an impasse at the moment between the Cats and a star key forward who is getting old. To be fair, Tom Hawkins, he's thirty five. Wants a two year deal apparently, and only being offered one by the Cats. You talk about Melbourne. There's a club that could use a guy for a year or two. That would be absolutely perfect. They've got the
2: Brodie Grundy money that they'll free up, which is probably about six seven hundred thousand. They had money to give Luke Jackson. Yeah, He, he he left. I think they've got the money to give him 1.8
1: mil over two years. But do they have a dairy farm they can offer him?
0: Well, <laughs> if Tom Hawkins walks into the D's today,
1: are for they two premiership
0: favourites? That was my question. I think they are.
2: I think I, I tipped them for the flags this year. I think anyway. a lot of people
0: were yeah. confident this year. Yeah. No, what's changed?
1: Yeah, nothing's changed. What's been added? Well, Tom well, they're they're
2: going to lose James Harms and James Jordan. <laughs> well, yeah. no, with all due that's respect. Fringe, that's fringe players, yeah. yeah. yeah they're going to all... keep that core intact.
0: Yeah. I... The, th- the question is, do you give him two years? Like, if the Cats aren't going to give him two years, I think um, whether it's Melbourne or someone else, there's a, cl- a club which would do it. Um, did you happen to see the thing I sent you on Slack this morning? The... Probably not.
1: Oh, okay. Are we still recording? Yeah, <laughs> we are still recording. <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, or both of your thoughts on, players traded out since 2017, right? Oh, I did see this. West, West Coast Eagles, Willie Rioli, Tom Hickey, and Scott Lysett. Yeah. Fremantle. The list just goes on Demons. and on and on. So Lockie Schultz the latest, Liam Henry's obviously uh, on the on the cards this, this year. Blake Akers, Griffin Lowe, Darcy Tucker, Rory Lobb, um Adam Chera that the previous year there. Jesse Hogan obviously, Brad Hill, Lockie Neal. I mean, there are some like what's going on at Freo? There's a team there. That's a good team. If you talk to any Fremantle
2: supporter, they will label Colin Young as the man behind a lot of those moves. He's the player agent of, I think, probably 75% of that list. That's and interesting. those a lot of those clients have left Fremantle who, in the last few years. Who
1: did who pissed Colin Young off at Frio? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a great question. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, what do they need to do, Freo? The culture's clearly either not right or there's a bit of things going on here, but they just can't seem to hold on to these. And, you, you know, the names on those lists, they're talented guys. I don't think that
2: list is extraordinarily long, but I think the the story there is West Coast being able to retain talent yeah, is incredible. And especially and despite
1: the last couple of yeah, years. That's
2: why they should really back themselves to retain Harley Reid with a three-year contract because Ooh. we just saw... Luke Shuey and Shannon Hearn retire. Mm. Those guys from SA
0: and Victoria are, are club captains, club champions. It's a great point. Um, just a one quick thing I did notice, um, which... And this was oil. That's, that's, uh, that segment it, was earlier. <laughs> <laughs> it's been run right and done. Shout out to Sir Swamp Thing. I don't think there's someone <laughs> in... Uh, I don't think there's anybody that follows football that doesn't, doesn't follow uh, the great man's work on Twitter. But he posted this. I thought it was really interesting about the average age of... Top five, the top five in each club's best and fairest this year. Mm-hmm. To, to your point about West Coast, though, they were the oldest of the t- twenty-nine years of age for their the average age of their top five in their best and fairest. Yeah. Compare that with the Swans and the Dockers, twenty-four. So I think it's a I'm sure you can find it online, but it's a it's a really interesting list that gives you a nice gauge of. Well, we
1: mentioned for, we've been talking about a long time that that drop off of talent in that. That mm. top age, and then t- uh, topping up yeah. after the premiership, and thinking, "Oh, we can go one more. We can go one more." And, yeah. and the guys that are obviously have retired this year. Um, but you look at the the top ten of their list at the moment. You'd probably argue that there are still three or four that are thirty plus that are in, in, their, in their best. The Eagles, th- yeah, handful of players. Yeah, you know? yeah. I um, think
2: they're um, they've been in year negative two and negative one of their rebuild, exactly. and I think it really this starts has not now. happened
0: yet, has yeah. it? I agree. Um, yeah, very yeah. We, interesting I think stuff. we said this at, like, probably this time last year. It was like, "There's going to be more pain, it's big time." Um, how many wins for West Coast next year? <laughs> I think yeah, four or five. October. Oh, uh, I, what did I say last year? Seven. <laughs> you said you said they'll get seven at home, and then whatever they get on the oh. road, <laughs> finals bound. <laughs>
1: wow. Um, yeah, it's a good point. Maybe maybe four. Might scrape four. Yeah.
0: There were, there were better signs throughout the year. Uh, throughout uh, towards the end of the year, they'll probably um, be the wooden spooners though. You'd think. You would think. They're, yeah. Yeah. Mm, who knows?
1: Uh, anything else before we wrap things up? Till who, who knows, God knows when. Um I think that's about
2: everything for Great. For now. I wouldn't have picked Jake to be to be running a marathon over yeah. the weekend, which is fantastic. <laughs> I also wouldn't have picked effort. him to be a Frank Green man uh, No, uh,
1: well, I'm not. no, no, he's a Freebie man He's oh, These were handed out yes. by the Walt
0: Disney Company. <laughs> uh I wouldn't be, What are they? these? These set you back close to Six, 60 bucks. Uh, uh, this
1: is very good radio. Um, Shout out Frank Green. <laughs> there was some free stuff around the office today. There was. Uh, what you, to... had,
0: uh, you had your, your basket out and just yeah. loading up. Oh, love it. Um, good stuff. So uh, if, any, ju- if, any, if any of Matt Walsh's friends get some Disney merch over the next couple of days, he's wow. just pinched that from the office. I'll, I'll hold it off until uh, Christmas. <laughs> Young cousins and all we'll that sort of stuff. We'll have a chat
1: later, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff, Jasper. We'll get you in probably whoa, maybe a week or so before the
0: draft. Do a, a big sort of preview again. Yeah. Thoughts? I reckon do a big uh, go through each player again. Just familiarity. Names, um, numbers. Yeah. It does, clubs. Sometimes
2: it
1: does seem like the names go in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, in, but you're right. I think, you know, over the course of the year, you sort of, you see or read more or hear yeah. more and you get an idea of these kids and... And uh, especially what your club's after. Yeah. Uh... And I
0: got to say, your knowledge, Jasper, is off the charts of these guys. Um, and, and not just the top sort of five or six, but the guys that are going to go in the 50s. Like Your knowledge of of the players, where they've come from, their skill set, what they're doing, even just things outside of footy is is top notch. So anyone, if you're, if you're not already, get on board and... and um, yeah, plug and... your Twitter handle.
2: Uh, yeah, it's at JasperC53. I should probably change
0: Jasper that. JasperC53. Oh, That's a, it. a rhyme.
2: Just, yeah, it's just... Just It's too much going on, I What's the 53? Uh, I reckon that was when I was about seven years of age. Those are my two favourite
1: numbers. There you go. Five and three. <laughs> Five and three, <through>, yeah. 53. But <laughs> uh, well, you're J. Michaels ESPN. What if you move? What if you end yeah, up... Yeah, well, what's going what on there? What happens to those guys with oh, the Herald Sun get... with Farky Herald <laughs> yeah, Sun and stuff? That's a good point. Well, I can't That's why you keep there. it nice and generic. That's why I... Uh, This is rubbish. Don't partake in it too often. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good stuff. Uh, We'll be back, uh, as I said, probably later in the year, maybe just before the draft. But until then, we'll speak to you in the next one.
0: Listen to all the latest
1: episodes by
0: subscribing to the ESPN Footy Pod, wherever you get your podcasts.